Special Christmas Lucas on this, the 50-something podcast. I believe it's episode 60, Carl. Episode 6, look at that. A new number. so. And Uh, this is the last one we're doing this year, yes? To date it. Is it? It might be. I don't know. Neither do I. Are we going going to do a new one before New Year? Let's have a look at the date right now and decide, is this the last one we're doing this year? Uh, This is very well planned, as people can probably guess. It's the 16th right now. Yep. Potentially next week, but what would we talk about? Because I was going to talk about Christmas and like do a retrospective well, of the year. What this we year. could do is we could skip a week for Christmas and have a New Year's Eve episode come out, and we'll talk okay. about our Christmas. Okay, fair enough. Well, Christmas will be really easy. That's gonna be like a ten-minute episode. What do you do? The same <laughs> thing I've done every other day this year: stay inside and not go out. <laughs> but yeah, I figured like for this episode, it's the end of the year. Twenty twenty has been a, a tumultuous year, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think anyone would agree, or any reasonable person would agree, like, this year has been um, a quite record-breaking year for good and bad reasons. So let's just like have a retrospective on like, like what did you plan to do this year? And Oh, God. Yeah, so it's like, uh, it, it might be depressing, but maybe we can get something out of it. Of, like, did, I'm guessing like, a lot of people got a plans for this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what were those plans? Uh, well, I mean, in the, in the vein of retrospective, Carl, I want to mention something first. It is episode 60. Yes. And that means we've done as many episodes of like season two as we did for season one now. We've hit that point where we're 30 for 30. I was about to say, we didn't do 60 episodes of Brew, did we? No, 30 of like season one is what I named it for like the Brew season. Ah, okay. Yeah, the Brew season. And now we've done thir- this is episode 30 of season two. It was at the office though, wasn't it? We just finding our feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just, just finding our feet in that first season. And there's like, you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> and then second season, come on, we got rid of all those guest characters and defined it down to the core concept. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Well, congratulations to me, I suppose. Yeah. It's not really congratulations that I pay to get this podcast made. I mean, that, that's very true. You lose money, so I guess... <laughs> On everyone, Congratulations man. to you. Yeah. If anything, like, the, the when we had it for Brew, I made a profit on every episode. Now I lose money and I only do it, so I've got an excuse to pay you for editing it. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't know whether to congratulate you or just congratulate me. Yeah, congratulate you on, man, <laughs> on figuring out a way to get paid, like, 80 quid a week for chatting to me for an hour and then editing it and then put it on Spotify. So, yeah, thank you, Carl. It's much appreciated. Fair enough. But, yeah, did you have any plans for 2020 that have, uh, for obvious reasons, gone awry? Yes. So, the biggest one was we were planning on going to Disneyland. Yeah, and, and that's gone. Super gutted about that. You had a lot of plans for Disneyland. Yeah, like, we were going with some friends, and we had our annual passes still active, so we had the tickets paid for, and, like... What's happened with those? Uh, so, Disney have been pretty good and said... Every, like, for every day we are actually, like, the park is physically closed, we will add a day onto your annual pass. Okay, so is that, is it still closed now? So it's still closed now, but there, oh, were, okay. there was some time for, like, a month or two when they were open, but we couldn't get to France, so because we you did can't lose out on that. those months. But we have lost a couple of months, but we've also kept, like, five of the months that we would have missed out on. So that, yeah, that is going because I know you're a huge, huge fan of Disney, and so is Jenna. Yes. So that must have been that. That's a hit right there. It really is, and we haven't therefore had any holiday this year because we didn't go like uh, for an early holiday or anything in the year. So we've 
2020, no holiday for us. That's it. And then anything else? Like that was obviously that's personal life uh, and like your professional life. How's that going compared to what your plans were for 2020? Well, yeah. I mean, luckily, I did end up with me like you know getting paid to not work at Nando's for a while and take a take some like pay leave. Um, but then I also managed to, you know, leave Nando's and work remotely with you. But it's weird yeah, it's, because... I'm doing this mostly for the audience at home because I, I can feel that you're awkward talking to me about this because I know. Because yeah. I'm asking you, oh, so what happened with your job this year? It's so like, I work with you, dickhead. No, well, I know. I know the, the reason that we're doing this. But yeah, like, it's weird that I've now worked with Fat Fiend more from home than I have in the office. Uh, same might be true of all of us by the end of it. Might be, yeah. Mm, it's been a couple of years. So I know uh, Brad's been working remotely for a while. He's like just been like on the editing side of things for a, a long ass time now. Like, yeah. And then um, when Nisha first got brought on board, she was like editing videos and you were editing videos. So it's been, it's been one of those things where it's like, yeah, like the, just the, the shift towards um, this new way of content, content production uh, has happened like, as seamlessly as it probably could have done given the circumstances, but... I mean, oh. the fact that Fact Fiend literally didn't take a break and miss an upload is, I would say, a, an absolute success on like both your part and the rest of the team's part. Oh, yeah, it's mostly you guys. You're the ones who edit videos. I just write them. Yeah, but the fact that like between you, Nisha, and Brad, you had that backlog already made of Fact Fiend content that you could rely on while we were figuring stuff out. Hmm. Well, that's uh, one of those things. We'll presumably discuss that in a, in a recollection of the year. But like, any other plans of yours that, that COVID has ruined for you? Like, anything um, on a more abstract level? Just, like, just goals yeah, you had for the year? I was going to say nothing um, set in stone plan-wise, but just like Jenna not being able to go visit her family. Like, m- you know, me, you and our friends not being able to meet up anymore for Smash Bros. nights. And mm-hmm. just generally social activities. Like, we just... 2020 has cancelled my social life and yeah. most people's social life. Lost it. Except for the people who are still going out and meeting with their friends. Well, yeah. those people can go fuck themselves. Because yeah. <laughs> those people are assholes. And I, I'm, I guess I'm in a similar boat. Um, I had two holidays planned right at the start of this year. And my first, uh, it was two trips over to Japan mm-hmm. uh, to see my girlfriend who lived over there at the time. She's now currently living with me. And um, the first of those trips, um, the week before that trip was set to take place is when we went into lockdown yeah we were there at a friend's house like the weekend before your holiday and we were all going oh i don't know whether like your holiday is going to happen or not whether we're going to be able to meet up again or not yeah and yeah it just all went to shit and everything locked down and not locked down hard enough because we're still here yeah, nine months later, but I had two trips planned. One was, uh, uh, separately, there were two-week vacations. So a two-week trip to Japan. I was going to come back for a, three weeks, then go back out for another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was going to be my break for the year. So I've not, I've, not, I've lost out on that. And then there's like, business plans. That It's weird. I, I've never really had a plan for Fact Fiend. We even talked in one podcast about my plan for when it dies, which yeah. has not yet been able to come to fruition. So I had no <laughs> hard or fast plans for the channel for this year, other than just see where it goes, which has been my approach to life. But like, yeah, just, yeah, like, it's weird to think that my life has simultaneously been impacted to a like a very large degree, but at the same time, like my day to day life hasn't changed that much. I still do my job, which I guess is something to be thankful for. But it's, 
It's weird to have a retrospective episode when we've not done anything. Uh, yeah, it is. And I, I will say, by the way, shout out to Carl for doing our job of recording the videos. Like, he literally has paid us more to do less of a job, I guess, because yeah. now he operates the camera too. I do all the camera. Well, the thing is, the camera never moves. Exactly. It's a the static actual- camera. It's a static camera that, has, um, when it was in the office, it didn't move from the day we first set it up. <laughs> yeah. And all I've really done is just taken on board the um, re- responsibility of uploading and cataloging the footage, which is not mm-hmm. difficult because we have a very simple way of filming stuff. But I have just um, throughout this year gained a new appreciation for like content production and that aspect of it as well. Yeah. Just find myself get, found myself getting really annoyed at how bad other people's is. Um, and we can use it as a jumping off point for some of the stuff that happened this week. I guess Ooh, like moving okay. closer to this week. Of, um, there was like that Smash Bros. reveal, the Game Awards. Which yes, there was. Yeah, I, I didn't watch in their entirety. I just did um, watch like a couple of recaps of it in the trailers and stuff. But yeah, specifically something that jumped out at me was uh, a trailer for Fortnite. Trust me, I'm going somewhere here. I don't play Fortnite, but there was like, oh, Master Chief's going to be in Fortnite. I'm like, cool, I guess. He's in Fortnite before he's in his own game. That's awesome. Um, yeah. able, the, the hilarious thing is you can now have Master and uh, Master Chief on the new Xbox console, but he's only a Fortnite. And also, you can get it on PlayStation and Switch. Yeah, so you can have PC Master Chief. And mobile and whatever, you know, every platform. Master Chief came to the PS5 before he came to the Xbox One um, Series X. He did, and it's really weird being able to see videos of Kratos and Master Chief in weird plasticky versions dancing For- together. Fortnite dancing in front of Galactus. Yeah. But uh, something that struck me about that trailer is Ninja, um, known sayer of the N-word, Ninja, who is for some reason um, a figure in gaming. Well, I guess though he's pretty representative of the the past time as a whole. Oh, no. uh, but he's in that trailer. like He's got a character skin in the game and he voices his character. But something that struck me is... His audio is shit. It was, like his, yeah. His audio sounds like he literally phoned in his performance of calling someone and then they recorded his audio from the phone. It really sounded like someone called him up when he was just sitting on the toilet, went, say this line for us, you went, all right. And he did that, and it's weird. He's like a multi-millionaire. The, only, like, the biggest news story that he was involved with this year, besides saying the N-word... Which I'll never stop bringing up every time I talk about him because I can't believe that's a blip, a footnote in his career. And I can't believe that people will ask you to stop mentioning it. Because it makes them uncomfortable. Because it yeah, it's makes like, why ha- did you have to remind me that he did that? Because it makes them have to question um, how much they really like the guy's content. But mm-hmm. it, he's a multi, multi-millionaire. He got paid $50 million to stream on Twitch. And presumably... His streaming equipment is the absolute top of the line because if he's not bought it himself, he'll have been sponsored or the people or the company that he works for or owns it is in their best interest to showcase him in the absolute best possible light. Exactly. If, you know, Twitch or Mixer haven't given him amazing equipment, I'm sure someone like Elgato probably sent along a bunch of equipment to like promote their product or, you know, things like that that I've seen. Uh, he's probably just been able to endorse his way to getting a ridiculous setup. And then his audio that he recorded for something people would gnaw off their right hand to do. Yeah. Of like, you have got a, your skin in this game. And his audio sounded like he recorded it, like he said, on the toilet. Yeah. 
The thing is, his audio sounds sounds worse than because they did a Red versus Blue skit, and Red versus Blue, their audio is intentionally bad because it's supposed to sound like they're talking through Master Chief's helmet overcoms, and it's and they, also meant to be kind of. It's still in line with what it originally sounded like, which back in two thousand was a lower production. Yeah, back in two thousand ten, and their audio sounded better than his. A guy who presumably has a streaming setup worth more than some people's car. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, like, right at the start of lockdown. Um, a lot of um, shows just immediately went off the air. Mm-hmm. But, like, your, 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 late time, your late TV shows, they started recording them for people's houses and they were calling, like, celebrities, millionaires over Zoom. Yeah. And their camera quality is worse than the camera quality I have on my webcam that I bought. Um, after Googling how to stream. This is literally how I got my recording equipment. And my camera quality on my webcam is better than what a celebrity millionaire has when they're doing PR for a multi-billion dollar movie studio's million dollar movie that year. It's ridiculous because I don't get that. I mean, weirdly enough, like we've watched, probably both watched, Sakurai doing like his videos from home and he said look Nintendo wants to make sure the video look quality so they they sent sent me me along a bunch of camera equipment like why aren't these massive TV productions doing that for these people Uh, the one that I like is um, Tiger King because right at the very start of lockdown Tiger King was like the hottest shit in the world and they jumped on it so fast for that special episode and and Netflix like we need to record a special episode and they literally sent everybody involved with the show an iPhone, and they all recorded it from their iPhones. It's like yeah, like Joel McHale presented and interviewed just from an iPhone with an earbud plugged in. It's like what this is Netflix. This is the biggest property they own right now. It's the biggest thing on their platform. The and, hottest shit they have, yeah. And for the thing, for the cost of an iPhone, you could send them a webcam that is five times better quality <laughs> and a microphone. Yeah, just a web webcam and a microphone, apart from. Maybe in the dark times when it was impossible to find a podcasting mic and a camera. Oh, God, that, yeah, that was awful. But um, I, we get asked about our recording equipment a bit. And I can reveal that I use the same recording equipment as everybody else. I use a Logitech um, webcam. I believe um, it's like the C920. The one that everybody uses. And then I use yeah. a Blue Yeti microphone. There's no mm-hmm. special bells and whistles on it. There's just a... Um, a three-pound pop filter that popped up in the recommended or also bought with category when I mm. initially bought the microphone. That's it. And I have a bit of soundproofing around the microphone when I talk. Yeah, and, and again, reason... uh, I have like the exact same setup apart from like the only extra thing I've bought is a cheap arm for being to be able to like, move my uh, mic around my desk. But just think about for a moment like this is i literally just googled how to stream and bought what it said yeah and i somehow have a better setup than actual millionaires and inexplicably a professional streamer paid millions of dollars a year to stream well that's the question though isn't it did he literally phone it in and just was so not asked by this little line in the trailer that he just... I'm not even getting to my PC. Is that, like, is that what happened? He just went, I'm not even getting into my office to like or home office to record this line for you. The thing that's in my house. Yeah. And I go... And I sit on every day for work. 
It's like, uh, just there's been so many of them this year. It's like, uh, the whole idea behind Fact Fiend is it's professionally unprofessional. Yes. And right at the start of lockdown, I remember because I was the one, as you mentioned or alluded to at the start of the podcast, I took over from syncing and focusing the camera, which I wasn't mm-hmm. all too familiar with because there's a lot of buttons and bells and whistles on that camera that we have. There is, yeah. And I don't understand it. Nisha and Brad do because it's um, just the upgraded model of the camera they use throughout university. Mm-hmm. So I just, I had to like have them walk me through what settings to put it on. <laughs> and then I couldn't focus the camera because I'm having to focus it on my own. So I had to like hold a, put a photograph on a stick and then focus on the photograph. And then yeah. later in the year, I found a way of putting a, one of the office chairs is just high enough to stack a copy of Space Jam on VHS, which is in the office. Uh, I remember you sending us that photo to like the Fact Fiend group chat and it was like, what the fuck? Because it's a, I put it where I normally stand and then just yeah. focus in on the label. And if the camera can read the label, then I know it's been focused properly. Exactly. And that seems to work. And it's a lo-fi solution, but I contend that the audio quality and video quality is quite good. It's just we intentionally edit the videos to have poorer production quality than they necessarily sh- um, could have as evidenced by yeah. all the Fact Fiend Focus videos and how not to do businesses, where we actually fully utilise the green screen. Yeah, and um, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, those people commenting that don't believe that we're doing it remotely because it looks sounds and like, sounds the exact same. It's like, no, we are. And just going through all that and seeing... Uh, I'm not going to say it was easy. No, I'm no, just no. Gonna, I'm just going to say, though, it was a fairly seamless transi- uh, uh, transition from doing it in person to doing it remotely when you have a setup like ours, which requires a completely static camera mm-hmm. and one uh, and two people's audio, which I would argue is basically everything that's been filmed remotely for like TV shows and interviews and things like that. Almost all content at the moment is basically just static camera and microphone, yeah. And just, we are idiots. I'm an idiot. I have no background in like film production or any aspects of that. Oh we yeah, me neither. Yeah. Somewhat decent quality equipment because mm-hmm. it's. I'd say our all the stuff we have is mid range. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but our resources are vastly inferior to anything um, any of these shows have, and somehow our quality was better despite part of the draw of our channel being that we intentionally make it look bad, and that yeah. really annoyed me. Just yeah. seeing that this year, seeing how lazy. These giant fucking productions are. Yeah, and you imagine that these companies have a lot of money to throw around when, you know, they're not making 20-odd people, maybe even more, I don't know, uh, you know, have to be on set doing full production and getting, you know, lighting and makeup and filming and, like, micing up people and just constant... I can't even think about how many things behind the scenes it actually requires to make those things work. And they've just gone, eh, use your webcam on your laptop. <laughs> it's like, surely you can just send them something good. <laughs> yeah. You're like HBO or ABC or NBC. It's like um, election coverage. Yeah. That was happening. The amount of people that you see just sat in their house. It's like, your job is like political analyst. It's the election. Mm-hmm. Have you seriously not got a better camera? <laughs> like this is your job and like obviously over time you know certain companies have gotten used to upping their production from mm. home and working remotely and working through um the you know 
what's called social distancing. That's the word. Yep. But other companies have gone. Nah, the webcam was fine. Stick with it. I love it. It's just more when you see like millionaire celebrities and they just can't, they've got shit cameras. Well, when it's like um, was it Tim Sweeney, the head of Epic Games, where he had like awful webcam <laughs> and it's like why the one that i like speaking of like people who work on games did you see that um a guy who's high up at playstation that he's like their pr guy or something like that took a picture of his cat looking at his tv right when he was playing a video game and that's not got anything to do with it but the important thing about the photo is is that everyone noticed he had his playstation upside down Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, Herman Holt. He, he works for PlayStation. Uh, his PlayStation's upside down. Yeah, so I believe that was the head of PlayStation. <laughs> it's like he works for the company <laughs> and he doesn't know how a PlayStation works. Yeah, so I just like saw that. It's just like, oh my God. Did he not even look at his own marketing where they showed the picture of the console? So he's been looking at pictures of this console, I presumably every day for the last two years. Yeah. And all the, and been signing off on all the marketing material and retweeting it and just spending time in front of giant marquees of this console. Yeah. And he gets sent one, which has a picture of the console on the box, then put <laughs> it upside down. And I just found that incredible. It's like he works for PlayStation. Oh God. It's like that, uh, the amazing. Game Awards. Where you had uh, like Reggie Fisame, the head of or the former head of Nintendo, and like a huge guy in the industry, and yeah. his his webcam and his audio quality is fucking god awful, and it's almost as bad as the audio quality of the people who made Among Us, one of whom is on a FaceTime call on an iPhone. That was actually adorable. It was amazing that yeah, you can tell they were loving it, and just three of them sitting there uh, like with masks on and that, and. Clearly, like the fourth member of their small team, just on an iPhone, going like, "Yay!" I'm here. I like the guy who was recording like the thank you message. He goes, "Oh, here's the other person who worked with me who lives next door," and they stood outside his window. That was amazing. That was because you know, I, admittedly, a responsible thing to do. But when you take that picture out of context, it's like, "Oh no, let her she in." Just, she just stood outside the window, like, "Thanks." Just waving in. I also worked on this. Oh, man. There were some really good ones for that, though. Like, uh, I think it was Sean Murray who, like, for Hello Games. Um, that was amazing. W- wasn't he like just drunk off his ass? Because I, he, I only saw the aftermath dr- of that. Yeah, he was like, uh, admittedly, fair enough. He was a bit drunk, uh, but yeah, it's a night of celebrating your game. Um, not obviously not just his game, but games in general, and his mm-hmm. game was included. But the fact that it was like best ongoing game. And he's just sat there drinking a beer going like, well, it's going to be Fortnite. And it's like, oh, Hello Games wins. He's like, what? What? Like, puts his beard out like, shit. Fortnite always wins, though. What? Fair play to him, though. Because I saw the aftermath where it was. Someone tweeted out, that guy clearly did not intend to win and was just planning on getting smashed in the background. He had no clue, yeah. And he retweeted it with just a smiley face. Yeah. (laughs) like, what a fucking don. Absolute hero. Like... That almost redeems him from, you know, completely lying to the public for maybe a year and a half, but not quite. Well, speaking about big video game companies lying and just a retrospective of the last year and what we've been up to, let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Because, who boy, have I had more fun reading about this game than I have 
Um, I, I had more fun reading about this game, and so much so that I have no desire to play it. Well, last thing is, I think I'm going to get more enjoyment out of watching this shit show than actually ever playing the game. It is. So do you want to just clarify for maybe the people living under a rock or who've not seen the endless, endless advertising marquee for this game, what Cyberpunk 2077 is? Yes, so Cyberpunk 2077 is a like sci-fi, cyberpunk, first-person RPG from the people who made Witcher 3, you know, CD Projekt. Uh, yes, and uh, it has been billed as, like, the game. Like, this is the video game. It's been in development for, I mm. think, over a decade. Yeah, they advertised it, like, eight years ago. Uh, it is, like, being, like, the amount of hype um, that was like, in the build-up to the release of this game was palpable, uh, to the point where it's bled into mine and your lives separately and when we're working on stuff together, mm-hmm. to the point we could not stream anything without being ta- asked to talk about this game. Yeah, you couldn't be online without people being like, but Cyberpunk though. Yeah, what do you it's think like, of I Cyberpunk? haven't expressed any interest in it. Leave me alone. But Cyberpunk though. It's like to the, no. It was to the point where both me and you had to put on our streams as one of the rules, do not ask about Cyberpunk yeah. because it's not out yet. We can't comment on it because it's not out. What do you really want us to say? What do you think about Cyberpunk? I don't know. I haven't fucking played it. It's not out yet. And that can lead us to it coming out because it's come out and it has been, um, by all accounts, a horrible, horrible disaster. Well, a huge success for the people getting the money on the other end of it because they got like 8 million pre-orders for the game. The game has come out. It is in a, frankly, shambolic state. For, Especially uh, on consoles, yes. On consoles, yes. Um, which it it's was. a boogie mess on PC, but an abomination on consoles. Um, the consoles, uh, it's out on PS4 and Xbox One. It can be played on next-gen consoles, but only in a backwards-compatible state. Uh, so... Yeah, there isn't um, an optimized version for the series X, S, or PS5. So it was supposedly, um, believe it or not, if you've seen any of the GIFs or any of the news about it, um, developed with these consoles and their hardware and their limitations in mind. And mm-hmm. just right up until the, like, about like a week or two weeks before this game came out, everything looked good. It was smooth sailing for everyone. Uh, I would say so, apart from the fact that they still hadn't showed off any footage <laughs> of the console version. But people like CD Projekt have got a lot of goodwill with consumers. Especially game, after Witcher 3, yes. And the game itself was hotly anticipated. It's got Keanu Reeves in it, and it was promising to be the beyond and all that. This is the video game. It like it, it does everything. It's a, one of the most... This is what it's billed as, like, one of the most comprehensive well, characters. It, it creators. wakes you up and makes you a coffee and toast. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, you. like, suck your dick on a morning. Keanu Reeves is in it. Keanu Reeves will come to your house and play the video game with you. <laughs> um, with the exception of a few minor blips, like there was some controversy of, like, some transphobic content that CD Projekt like downplayed and then refused to talk about. But you know what? Video gamers don't care about that. I do. No, they really don't. As, you know, just a, a, a progressive-minded consumer who doesn't really want to support that. But gamers, yeah. trademark, don't give a shit. So, and I also... Um, I, I didn't... A, didn't get good vibes off it because of um, that one advert that was pointed out to be really insulting to, like, um, the trans community. And then mm. also the way they've treated their developers and yes. gone back on the whole, like, we're not going to do crunch thing. And, yeah, it's been 
not great on that side of things. But the reason I didn't mention them is because the kind of people who are getting excited and working themselves into a fever pitch over this, they don't care. They just want the video game. Clearly, because they got 8 million fucking pre-orders, yeah. Yeah, like, nobody, like, or none of the people who are screaming, like, the people screaming in our chats on stream asking, what do you think of Cyberpunk? Mm-hmm. Don't care that the company has treated their staff like dogs and worked them to near exhaustion. Yeah. They just want the shiny video game. And it got really, and said, up until that pre-release, it was, like, looking pretty good. But then about two weeks before, um, it sta- hints shadows of cracks start to appear when it turns out that almost every major retail or every major gaming outlet that reviews games um, were finding it near impossible to contact the company in regards to getting a console copy of the game to review yes um i believe everything that i've heard on podcasts etc of people talking about the experience it was just we will give you like one fucking code and it will be for pc Yes, and um, which already is a danger sign. It's um, similar to when movies don't let um, critics review their films before they come out. Mm-hmm. It's always a sign that something's amiss or this film is shit. Uh, likewise, Almost always, yeah. There yeah, are obviously like, exceptions, but yeah. Uh, well, the exception is is when they let people review their movies, but it's only a hand-picked group of people, like um, Star Wars movies are a good example mm. of this, where all the Star Wars movies, they generally get screened first to influencers and content creators and it's like, specifically people that have spent years talking about how good star wars is and yeah, being massive people, fans like jim sterling has talked about before how um, co- big companies tend to categorize people based on the level of enthusiasm they have for certain pro- um, products mm-hmm. and they categorize them by what they think they can be expected to give um in terms of review a review yeah and um, it's similar to like uh, Bethesda a while back said really? we will only give out games on day of release for review, which made everyone go, hmm, this is probably not great. And it's like, oh, it worked out when Wolfenstein 2 was good and Doom was good. But then like Fallout 76 yeah. comes out. And then the only people allowed to have access to pre-release stuff is not review- professional reviewers, it is um, content creators who do not really do reviews they just say they don't do reviews they're more like they're another aspect of marketing basically essentially yeah, it's another arm of that and we've talked um ad nauseum about all that stuff but yeah they were told no no review copies on console also mm. even though we're going to send you a copy to review on pc you're not allowed in your review to use any footage you yourself capture uh yeah that was a different embargo i think like it was like three or five days after release of the game was when people could actually show off their own footage. Yeah, you're only allowed to, you are only allowed to use footage that we ourselves are provided. Mm. And just those two things in tandem, it's like this is gonna be a huge piece of shit. Yeah, that does nothing in that build up says this is going to be a good game. It shows they have absolutely zero confidence that people are going to like what they see. Mm-hmm. It's like I say, it's like if um, a film does not let reviewers see the movie first, you can, it can be read as, we don't want reviewers to be able to tell people how bad it is before we get <laughs> it in the cinema. Yeah. And that's seemingly what's happened with um, Cyberpunk, because, uh, like, have you seen that Open Critic have had to put a disclaimer for the first time ever in the history of the website? No. Yeah, they've got... So let's just go get the... Um, uh, Metacritic has had to, like... Um, 
undergoing a big shift like or people are telling them like you need to let consumers know that the mm-hmm. ps4 version does not work and that the the score on your very website is not accurate because it is they were reviews of a version of the game a vast majority of readers of his website will never be able to play because even if they own a pc which is the version of release they will not have a pc powerful enough to run this piece of shit yeah that's that's another point is because yeah these people were reviewing on pc and the version that they were playing was working quite well for most people um but they are probably also playing on relatively high-end pcs unlike most like the average pc gamer Mm -hmm. and uh let's see if i can find the uh do 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 so open critic i'm just trying to find uh aha there it is so uh open critic it's just it's similar to like metric in a way just like Mm -hmm. a place for reviews but open critic have uh, put a consumer warning on their review of cyberpunk this is the only time in the history of the website they have ever done this fucking hell it's the first time, and it is. Uh, if you go over to the uh, the review page for Cyberpunk, you get a warning that reads as follows. Please note, this game has significant disparities in performance, player experience, and review scores between PC, next-generation consoles, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4 versions. The Open Critic team and several critics suspect that the developer, CD Projekt Red, intentionally, it says that, sought to hide the true state of the game on Xbox One and PlayStation 4, with requirements such as only allowing pre-rendered game footage in reviews and not issuing review copies for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Mm. This notice will be taken down in February 2021. When they have um, now said that the game will not, you know, magically run like a a high-end PC, but the game will, you know, not be completely fucking broken. But... That is scathing. That is bad, but I also completely agree with it. Oh, absolutely, 100%. But I, this is like a review website actively saying that this company lied to you. And the point of things like Open Critic is it's meant to just be an impersonal, you know, statistics-based website. And the fact that they've had to be like, no, we are putting a statement out because the reviews for this game are fucking wrong. Yeah. But the fact as well, they are, they're not pussyfooting around it because you'd no. expect language to be uh, very he, sheds, uh, he, sh- he said, she said on this one. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no, it is just straight for the jugular of, we, we believe that this company intentionally sought to hide and mislead. Just fucking lied to you, yeah. Yeah, they tr- attempted to mislead you, the consumer, and that is fucking wrong. And that is insane. And my favourite bit about this is the game is called Cyberpunk. (laughs) And you have people now, because so many people have hinged their entire personality on this video game being good, defending Mm -hmm. this massive monolithic company that has actively, like, you know, brutalised employees mentally and emotionally and is just treating its um, uh, customers with absolute disdain. And it's like, that couldn't be less cyberpunk if you tried. Yeah. And like, that thing is one of the defences has been, it's only a short time where they need to crunch. 
Are you telling me they're not crunching all the way to fucking February now to try and fix these versions? My favourite my favorite defence of it is, look, it's really difficult to get a game that looks the, so that runs this well on seven-year-old hardware. The year that Last of Us 2 yeah. and Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. On PS4, yeah, and looked yeah. fucking phenomenal and right. ran really fucking well. Yeah, it's the same year that Miles Morales came out and is getting an update around the same time to make it run in, like, flawless 60 frames a second with ray tracing and all that bollocks put on. Mm-hmm. And, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I will just... also just throw into the mix, like, uh, just an article I saw earlier today from GameIndustry.biz. Okay. Uh, by James Batchelor, so, you know, give him some credit, give him a click, but... Cyberpunk 2077 developers were updating the last-gen versions until the very last minute. Yeah, no shit. And um, in, like, part of it here, let me just scroll back down and find it. It's like The pertinent piece of information we wanted to discuss. The quote, um, from, uh, quote from CD Projekt, I'll just say. Um, oh, there we go. Joint CEO Mar- Marcin Iwinski, I want to say. Okay. Um, after three delays, we as the management board were too focused on releasing the game. <laughs> we underestimated the scale and the complexity of the issue. We ignored the signals about the need for initial time to refine the game on the base last-gen consoles. It was the wrong approach and against our business philosophy. On top of that, during the campaign, we showed the game mostly on PCs. So basically what that translates to is, fuck you, got mine. We got our money, and oops, sorry. That that's essentially what that is. That article is fuck you. Yep. That is that is it. It's just oh, they might as well say look. We didn't know how pissed off people would get that we sold them this shitty product. That's like up there with that um, legendary Battlefront Two um, comment. About a guy, why do I have to play for 40 fucking hours to unlock Darth Vader in this Star Wars <laughs> yeah. games? So, oh, we want to fill our games with a sense of pride and accomplishment. It's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> and speaking of CD Projekt, just continuing to insert their foot all the way into the back of their mouths. I believe the company owns uh, good old games, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. Can I just say one more thing as well? Oh, yeah, sure, go for it. About the cyberpunk debacle. Mm-hmm. People will might be, you know, urging us to, to go, oh, yeah, but they said you can get refunds for the console versions. You can't. Uh, so they did not actually speak to Anyone at any retailers, like. Microsoft or Sony, to be like, you should be giving refunds. So when you contact PlayStation for a refund, they're like, well, no, they've, they've said the game's going to be patched and it doesn't meet refund requirements because you've played the game now. It is a completely uh, empty gesture designed purely to obfuscate and deflect blame. So when they told you, look, it's all fine. Console players can get the money back. They fucking can't. No. It's it's a, a hollow sentiment that is, yeah. like I said, it exists purely to muddy the waters of criticism mm-hmm. so that you get those weird people who've hinged their personality on this game being good um, will just go and bitch at people and defend the company on their behalf, which is like the most not cyberpunk shit ever do not <laughs> defend so giant corporations who abuse people and the trust of the public but yeah cd project are um 
putting their foot in again, as you've said, with goodoldgames.com. Yes, uh, that is the game Devotion, which I'm not familiar with. But all you need to know, Lucas, is uh, this is a game um, made by Taiwanese developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've said the word Taiwan. Um, Taiwan. Do you want to just guess who doesn't like this game? Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan. No, no, no. It's, it's made in Taiwan by Taiwanese developers. China. China hates Taiwan. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, of course. Of yeah. course, because they don't know it exists. And Sorry, brain uh, fault there, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Good Old Games, which is, uh, I believe, owned wholly or in part by um, uh, CD Projekt, uh, tweeted out just yeah. a few hours ago, so this is breaking news. Um, earlier today, it was announced that the game Devotion is coming to Good Old Games. After receiving mm-hmm. many messages from gamers, quote, we've decided not to list the game in our store. Uh, they failed to provide any um, quotes or proof of these so-called gamers being annoyed about this game. Uh, But it is heavily rumoured, by which I mean it is fucking so obviously the case that those gamers are just Chinese bots and pressure from the Chinese government itself because the game is... Probably, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to find the description that I have here of the game and just listen to how many times I say the word Taiwan. And then you're going to know why China don't want this thing on good old games. Oh, okay. So, Devotion uh, is a first-person psychological horror video game created and developed by the Taiwanese game developer Red Candle. Set in Taiwan in the 1980s, the majority of the game happening in an apartment complex in Taipei, uh, the game incorporates elements from Taiwanese culture and folk religion. Uh, yep. It was uh, available uh, from February 19th, 2019. It was removed from Steam shortly afterwards on February 26th after the game was review-bombed by Chinese player due to a controversial reference to Xi Jinping. Uh, and I believe the reference is, um, it's it says that Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> which is a joke that's been going around for a while. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so with that in mind, Lucas, and that additional context, do you believe that this was gamers complaining about this? A game that me and you, as fans of the medium, weren't too familiar with. Um, yeah, I wasn't too familiar with the game until I seen this um, come up today. But sounds awesome, though. It a does, horror game set in 1980s um, uh, Taiwan. Yeah, it's just fucking hell. And we've <laughs> we've all also mentioned in the past about this joke that um, Xi Jinping hates absolutely hates and wants everybody to be punished for making so it really wouldn't surprise me if a they just shut it down because yeah taiwan and b if they got wind of that joke it's like fucking shut it down yeah and the Uh, fact they're bending down to this pressure yeah from quote-unquote gamers nothing more there's nothing more cyberpunk uh, than kowtow into a totalitarian um, regime (laughs) of a foreign power. But I just thought that was like a nice addendum to that story of, yeah, they're also just bowing to um, uh, pressure from the Chinese government. And I saw as well uh, immediately after, shout out to the developers of Skatebird, who were just like, look, we're not going to put a, we're not going to put a game on GOG.com anymore. Fuck them. <laughs> like, we were going to, but no. No, fuck off. We just don't want this hassle. But yeah, that's, that's a nice way to just like, put that foot. Like, there's, there's room for another foot in there. There really is. A, uh, it's like CD Lucas, Pro, all I yeah, imagine. Or just <laughs> like they are absolutely hemorrhaging money and too fucking right. 
It's that thing though of that company had so much goodwill and so so much goodwill. Like The Witcher Three got them what I presumed was an almost infinite amount of goodwill, which is why I th- assumed that they would just delay Cyberpunk forever. It would just become the next Duke Nukem Forever, <laughs> where they kept denying because it. Do you like one of those things? It's like a masterpiece that's never finished. Yeah, where yeah. they just keep adding to it and keep promising more and more and more and more and more. No, they just released it and they have seemingly destroyed all of that goodwill in the space of two weeks. It's impressive. It's, all, it's like it's Game of Thrones-esque. It really is, yeah. Like, Just with... seeing how quickly and savagely people are turned on them, and rightfully so. And as well, just how quickly Cyberpunk 2077 has just eroded from public consciousness. Because oh, yeah, as we said, right. like right up until the release, we were getting asked about it so much that we had to put disclaimers on our stream asking people not to. Nobody has mentioned it to me since. Apart from the this amazing um, <laughs> this amazing article I've just seen, okay, read out from like you know a few minutes ago, um, a dildo call will see the number of dildos in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven reduced. Oh god, it's actually put a bunch of dildos in it because they thought it was being funny and cool. Of course it is, Carl. My only and apparently again, there's dildos just everywhere. Okay. Because like all I can imagine now is like CD Projekt, they've got their foot in the mouth, like the foot that's got Cyberpunk on it, <laughs> and they're looking down at that other foot, and they just pull out the seasoning and start putting it on, and then just slowly oh shove the other foot in. It's like, God damn it. Yeah. But like my only experience with that game's gameplay, so I, mm. I'm aware of like, you know, from like the abstract perspective, um, perspective of I know the game existed and I was aware of the marketing because it was everywhere. Uh, but I joined a charity stream uh, by uh, Whiskey Studios, which I believe I mentioned on last week's podcast. That was going to be on. Yeah, it was um, the not so sponsor sponsored podcast. Yes, and uh, that was for the benefit in the Trevor pa- uh, Project. And I believe they've raised like fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars. So good for them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I, well done, those guys. And I just joined the stream, and I wasn't really interested in the game itself. I was more there to like, you know, just talk and hang out and just lend. Whatever, yeah, and support the stream, yeah. Whatever influence I have to, like, you know, a worthy cause. But my first interaction with the actual gameplay of that game, because as we discussed, there was zero actual real gameplay of that game out in the wild mm-hmm. until it got released. Yeah. Um, was their character walking into the middle of the road after a shootout, and there's a guy crouched down, Joe, like, oh, someone shot a gun, he goes into his crouched down animation inside oh, yeah. of a car. Just fully inside the car. <laughs> and for some reason, like there's so many just like baffling, tiny little like quality of life problems with that game, such as mm. every character in the game, despite there being a surfeit of character designs, because obviously it's the future and you can look half the pull of the game or the draw of it is that you can make your character like anything. And yeah. you'll walk past people on the street. Uh, going all the way from just, like, man in jeans and T-shirt to full-on cyborg Grace Jones. Yeah. But every character in the game has the exact same reaction to a gunshot going off, which is to crouch, put their head between their knees, um, and then look up every three seconds, glance around. I've I've seen a little clip of that, and it's incredible. It looks so bad. And the, uh, the one that you pointed out to me that I had to search for was the one of just pedestrians about six seven pedestrians walking across the road turning around walking back across the road and just doing that in a constant loop because they didn't program the ai to do anything else because they expect yeah. to be f- they for some reason despite the whole marketing 
all the marketing concentrating on how alive the city feels, they seemingly expected you to blitz through the world without paying attention to anything. Yeah. And then the other one that I like is that uh, they didn't program people to have um, different like uh, fear responses. So there are people in wheelchairs in the game, but if you walk up and shoot a gun, they'll get out of their wheelchair and leg it. What? <laughs> Just little things like that. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Because they never program them to have like a unique animation, so they just get up and run. <laughs> Fuck me. It's like, that's you're... so bad. Yeah, that's the kind of shit you see in like launch games for the PS2. Like, that's like Grand Theft Auto 3 has a city that feels more alive. <laughs> like, do you remember like San Andreas where you point a gun at someone and they stick their hands up? Yeah. And then if you like turn around, they'll run away. Mm-hmm. Like, that was solved like two generations of consoles ago. Yeah, and like if there was a group of people, they would all kind of hover around. But then if you escalate, some people stop running away, and some people try and fight you. Some people pull out guns. Yeah, like Grand Theft Auto. If you shoot a gun, um, the pedestrians and the AI around you has like four or five preset responses to that. But that's better than one, which is crouch down and look up, and the people will sit there until you can like just slowly nudge them over with your car. They will not move. They are like, they exist in that state now forever. And this is what I saw. This is my first, um, like, glimpse at the game. And then the second thing I asked is, what does your character look like? Because yeah, other than how alive the city is supposed to feel, the other thing has been the amount of character customization and the depth of it. And Whis- the guy from Whiskey, oh, he was, I think he is just called, his screen name is Whiskey, um, okay. paused the game and went, I don't know how to show you my character. I went, wait, what? Can you not put it in third person? Oh, it's only in first person. So this video game where I mean, the key there selling was a photo mode, right? There's a photo mode, I think. It doesn't look very good. But one of the key selling points of this game is you can make your character look however you want. You cannot see your character in any cutscene. And there are mirrors yeah. in the game, but the mirrors, you have to turn them off and on. So you can only view your character from specific <laughs> angles at certain points. And... Um... And it's just, just it's what was so the point? Weird. Again, something that was like solved by fucking Fallout and Elder Scrolls games. Like you can toggle into a third person, admittedly bad third person mode, but you can do it so you can look at your cool character. Yeah, it's like when you stood still, it looks all right. When you've got like the Dragonborn just stood on top of a cliff, like he's got the yeah. same stock standing animation, but that looks better than not being able to see it. Mm hmm. But I just found that really funny of, oh, well, what does your character look like? I went, we don't know, because we can't show you. <laughs> it's just, what? Half this game was sold on, like, you have, like, the dong slider and stuff like that. <laughs> and you can't show me what your character looks like. And then as well, like, and the, mo- the shadows in the game are representative of what your character looks like. So if you give your oh. character, like, a huge afro or a mohawk, your shadow will always just be a completely bald stick figure. Oh, man, that's rough. Yeah. And it's just like, what? <laughs> I presume that would change if you um, had a really good PC that could put um, no. ray tracing on. Not that I can tell uh, from what I've seen. Because I've been just looking at like lists of bugs and problems with the game. Uh, like the one that our friend sent us, uh, Rogan, into the group. Where it's just like, oh, uh, for some reason there exists a force field around this car park. And whenever I try and park in it, my car gets flung into the atmosphere. Yeah. And you just get like, no, you do not exist in this world now. That is, that reminds me of one glitch that I saw that was great. It was just some guy walking down the street, 
and from like eight roads away, a car just flew into the sky and like tried to attack them. It's like I kind of like that as a feature. Like that's how Grand Theft Auto got made. Yeah, if, uh, people don't know. Like the original Grand Theft Auto, like the top-down two D one, mm-hmm. was supposed to be a, a game where you drove from A to B, and then well, there was like, a, a it bug. It was like a um, yeah, just like a basic racing or driving game or something, wasn't it? Yeah, and there was a bug that made every car on the road try and ram you, and they found that, and people had more fun playing that bugged version of the game, so they turned that into like cops and robbers type game, and then turned it into Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, because it, I, I don't know if it started as a cops and robbers game. I can't quite remember the details, but it was something along the lines of, yeah, the cops kept trying to push you off the road or something like and that. And they found they went, that so funny. This is well better. Just make a game around this. And I kind of wish they leaned into that with Cyberpunk and said, no, it's shit on purpose. And just, you know what? We've released an update where there's dildos even more everywhere and cars fly at you every 30 seconds. But I want it to become like cats. Oh, yeah. Where Cats was so bad, the visual effects had to get patched when it was in cinemas. And then people were clamoring to try and find the shit non-patched version because I want to see the train wreck. (laughs) It's going to be like that, where I want to play the original bad version that they thought was acceptable to put out and charge 60 quid for. Yeah. And it was really funny because I made a comment uh, somewhere on content at some point. You know, we do lots of stuff. But Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, man. I really want to get a disc of Cyberpunk and play it on a PS4 or Xbox One That's without getting the day one update. Turns out it's a fucking shit show with the day one update. Yeah, it's great. My favourite is just the little things that people have just highlighted of. They are completely immersion obliterating. Like the one of, oh, you're in complete first person when your character goes to sleep on a bed. It's like, do you have a generic animation of your character's hands coming up in front of your face? But people have done that thing that they do on the internet where they, like, um, extrapolate what that actually looks like from a third-person perspective. And it's like your hands, it's like you're sleeping on a bed the wrong way. So imagine for a moment, folks, at home, your bed the long way. You go up and lie on it horizontal, but only your top half is on the bed. That's what your (laughs) hands are in the position of. It's just, how did that get in? Like, at that point, just don't put the sleeping animation in. Just have it yeah, fade, just to, fade black to black as your character crawls into the bed. Oh my god. That's... Just like little things like that. Or um, when I was watching the Whiskey Studio stream, when mm. I was watching it, and I just commented on the fact, your hands are really, really small. Um, like, because their hands on their screen, they take yeah. up, I think they must have put the field of view all the way up or something, but their hands just look so tiny. <laughs> And it makes them look like their character is running with their hands really close together, going <laughs> like, like a rug rat or something. And just something like that made me laugh a lot. And uh, not to mention just the fact the game, um, especially in consoles, just hard crashes all the time. Oh, yeah, that's great, though. And it's um, I've seen so many people playing it and going, I'm trying to get immersed in this world, but it keeps hard crashing me out every hour. Like, yeah. How is this possible? A friend of mine sent me a very succinct review of the game and his experience with it of just... Do you know what? I'll try and track it down. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Because I thought like his review, like because he's played the game and he's put a good like 10 hours into it and he is currently trying to get a refund. Yeah. Like, he's one of those people who wants to get a fucking refund because he's just like, no, I'm done. Mm. I, I'm so, so done with it. So we have it. So um, 
When I asked him, is the game that bad? His response was, yep, yeah, talking NPCs not spawning, glitches, phantom movement, texture flickering, voices out of time with mouths, crashes, NPCs turning into ragdolls, which admittedly sounds hilarious. Yeah. Literally the entire catalogue of things that can happen in a bad game. Plus, the aiming is awful. They've invented this bonus aiming, bonuses in quotation marks, um, where it holds the stick to the left and starts rapidly gaining momentum instead of being a smooth motion like in Call of Duty or another oh, first-person shooter. And plus, there is no aiming down sights adjustment to the speed of your um, aiming. So if your sensitivity is high, so is your aiming. And almost every first-person shooter game since like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 10, 15 years ago has solved this by giving you a different sensitivity well, based on whether you're aiming down sights or not. Weirdly enough, I, uh, when I streamed Titanfall 2 with you last week, I was surprised to see that because Destiny and what other first-person shooter games I've played and checked the settings of haven't normally had that setting. They don't have it specifically, but it is just hardwired into the game that you aim slower when aiming down the site because you want oh, precision. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's auto-done in a lot of games, but the fact that I really appreciate that Titanfall, specifically Titanfall 2, had a setting in it where it was like, here's your sensitivity, here's your ADS, like aim down sight sensitivity. I really mm. appreciated that. And that should be a setting in every game. But as we said, even games where they don't have it as a setting, they still mean you aim slower, you are finer aiming when aiming down sights. Yeah, it, it slows down your aiming while you're aiming down sights. Yeah. And they just don't have that. And just he sums it up here. Honestly, a joke. The thing that angers me the most is that it was advertised as a game about immersion. Getting lost in a city. It's hard to get immersed when there are NPCs spawning left and right and flying into the sky. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's like another level of just the old Bethesda games where it got to a point where people obviously got fed up when, you know, Fallout 76 came out. But like, Oh, that game was amazing, though. That... Skyrim was, oh, there's quite a lot of bugs that take you out of this world and they need to get fucking patched. And people just kind of wrote it off as like, oh, Bethesda. Because the game was so massive, though, you kind of gave it a pass of, like, at least it ran. Unt mm. With the exception of the PlayStation 3 version, which broke. <laughs> yeah. like, that was the one where I went, okay, maybe this is a little bit bad. Where like, but that was something that was completely unforeseen, because it only happened after like what a hundred, hundred or so hours of gameplay. Like people only started getting problems like yeah, fifty or hundred hours into a game, which is obviously so not that's something... a little bit more excusable than I was getting hard crashes and awful game breaking bugs moment one. Yeah, and do you want to just explain how that worked again? Because you told me how it works, and I cracked up when you told me. Uh, yeah, so. The way that the PS3 game ended up being handled was, like, I don't know why, specifically the PS3 version, but it kept a log of, like, every dead action body. and dead person. So, like, every dead body that you had left, it would keep a log of, like, what position it was in the world, whether it got items stolen, whether it was wearing clothes, like whether a door was open or closed yeah. from which is, 15 hours ago. Which is impressive, and it meant that everything you did in that world had a lasting, literal lasting impact, because it would be there yeah. until the end of your play session, however long that happens to be. But what happened, Lucas? Uh, but instead, the game started like crashing and slowing down uh, because it was trying to keep hold of too much information. And when it started trying to free up space to keep more information, 
it was just deleting the oldest data, which turned out to be like the data of the world itself. So the world would get destroyed. So the world just started eating itself to make account for whether a door was open or not. Or whether you dropped a watermelon off a cliff or something like that. <laughs> uh, that was fucking incredible. It was like an unanticipated um, like side effect of the way they programmed the game, and it was patched out and fixed. But it like, was it was patched out when, you know, basically when people started getting that far into the game and problems came up, Bethesda were like, oh my god, shit, like yeah. this is our main priority now. And it was something as well that we did not anticipate and it was exactly, not yeah. uh, representative of the experience the vast majority of players had who just played the story and maybe a couple hours more than that. Yeah, because it was only... the, a lot of players and a lot of QA testers would have played the game for 20, 30, 40 hours and cool, it's running fine. And then got new instances, I mean, specifically tasked with trying out know, specific missions or something like that. So mm-hmm. it was something they couldn't have anticipated. But when you've got stuff as simple as, do your characters like in wheelchairs respond yeah. the way something's like, no, uh, okay. Does your character model, like, ref- like, does your shadow reflect what you have? No. no. And glitches can be forgiven in a game of that size. Um, well, last thing, if it was just a bit glitchy, that's fine. Like, it's not fine, but it's understandable it, and acceptable to a degree. With the sheer amount of um, uh, interactions that you have going on in, a, in something that size, like, um, uh, in something like Skyrim, where just the sheer amount of variables in any given scene or any mm-hmm. given like instance that you happen to load into is staggering. And my favourite one... and. <laughs> Like, and I'm, I'm, it's one of those things that it adds character to the game after a while, and I, I kind of like it. It's one that our friend I mentioned earlier, Rogan, experienced mm. where he said, sometimes when I go to um, Whiterun, people would just be stood on the roof. And I never oh. found out why, but sometimes, <laughs> not all the time, I'd go back and just people would be on the roof. Yeah. And I never understood why that was the case. It was always the same guy, and he would always be stood in the same place, but sometimes he wouldn't. And I just found that really charming. And that's the thing is, it is it a bit immersion breaking when you get bu- bugs and glitches like that. But it's harmless. But it is harmless to the experience for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> just like sometimes they're on the roof, or like the one of dragons flying backwards every now and again. Yeah, or um, the, the like saber tooth tiger that just cycloned itself into the sky. <laughs> they are incredible. Oh. Yeah. The other one, which I think was the giants hitting people and sending them careening into the atmosphere. How did they patch that out? They did. And this is... uh, So people didn't play Skyrim. There's giants in the game and you can encounter them, I think, within about 30 minutes of starting the game. Yeah, in like the first hour or so. As soon as you've done the the first opening mission, you can pretty much encounter them from there, yeah. And uh, they anticipated this because like one of the earliest side missions you get is people fighting a giant. Mm-hmm. And they give you a side quest. And almost every player playing Skyrim, I don't think I encountered a single person playing Skyrim because that was like the, the hottest shit of that year who didn't it have was, the exact yeah. same experience of seeing the giant, walking towards the giant to see what it's about, getting hit by the giant, being flung a million miles into the air while rotating on an axis at half the speed of sound, just like completely <laughs> starfished, bursting out in, like, in hysterics yeah. and then going back to playing the game. Or going back to try it again. <laughs> yeah, because it was so fucking funny. And yeah. uh, it turns out that is a glitch, because of course it is. And it was your character model, because the giant hits you so hard, forces you slightly under the world geometry, which propels you out 
uh, really fast and launch your character into the air. And they patched that out because it was a mistake. But so many fans thought it was so funny that they mm. patched it back in. Yeah. Because so many fans got annoyed when they patched it out and it's just your character falls over. Because it's funnier that you get flung into the air. At that point, as they say, it's not a bug, it's a feature. Yeah, also it's funny and it doesn't impact gameplay. It it doesn't impact gameplay. You were going to die anyway because a giant's fucking hitting you. Also, you might you feel... as well get flung 2,000 meters into the air. It also made the giant feel really powerful. Exactly, yeah. And I just loved when I figured that out, luring giants towards villagers. <laughs> yeah. And just seeing giants hit, like, cows and stuff and just send them into, like, the... Um, so you can, uh, yeah, you can get, like, a giant into a fight with a bear. And then the bear just gets flung, <laughs> like, a mile into the air. It's great. Oh, my favourite one is uh, there was a glitch. I believe it's been patched out in some version of the game. But, like, if you just get a, a, a fresh copy of Skyrim booted up, kill a giant, get a follower or a companion, instruct them to pick up the giant's club. Because it's technically in the game as a weapon. And you can't pick it up, but um, followers can. And followers will pick it up and then swing with the force of a giant. (laughs) And that's amazing. Oh, God. That just reminds me, though, of just the carnage that can happen when you've got a companion that's trying stupid stuff. And the amount of times that either I killed my companion or they blew me up. And it's just like, oh god, it's great. But it's very fun. It's like the the classic gif of dog meat in Fallout, where <laughs> yeah. it's a person trying to go through like a hundred trip wires and just they're doing de uh, activating them one by one, and their companion mm-hmm. AI dog just walks in the way of all the trip mines and blows up the entire thing. And yeah. you can the thing is, I can imagine a dog doing that. Because <laughs> you should have told the dog to stay. And that's the thing is, uh, most of the time in those Bethesda games, when you have a companion, it's like most of the time they lose like their health, they'll just get knocked out instead of dying. They are completely invincible, yes. Um, so I th- there is a point where they can die, but I think they have to have like, their health bar has to have reached zero and they've passed out yeah, a and few times in a them. short space of time and then they get killed. And most of the time they'll respawn, but it's just really funny when you are like daintily trying to sneak through an area full of landmines and you just see your AI dog just sprinting towards them. Well, again, uh, we've mentioned this in the past. That just reminds me of the the clickers in Last of Us 1. And it's just um, Ellie sprinting around at the speed of sound. It's like the game's like, oh, quiet, a clicker's right by. And you just see Ellie just bouncing between the walls like, it's like that's how good she is that's why she's in the last of us too but i fucking adore <laughs> that and you can forgive glitches like that because they kind of like they add charm and character to the game they do and i have a fond memory of those stupid little things that didn't really impact my gameplay so, so i would be mad if in the next bethesda open world game or if like the next elder scrolls game if mm. i walk over to a table pick an object up and if not every object on that table better rise one inch into the air and fall over <laughs> Joe, that thing, because that, that is yeah. so. It, every time it happens, I piss myself. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're going to have a quick bathroom break. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, apologies for that, Lucas. I've had a few cups of coffee today, you know, because it's the last recording day before Christmas. So, I guess we can move away from glitches in video games, unless is there any particular like, glitches that stick out fondly in your mind or any moments from a video game where um, you have just a fondness for? Not overly, but what I was going to say is in the vein of like patching bugs that we don't want patched. Okay. It's just, I hate it when 
there's like a remaster of a game and they take out bugs that help with speedrunning. Ah, uh, okay. So it's like um like Legend of Zelda and stuff like that. Like uh, well, in fact, um Legend of Zelda like Ocarina of Time I know for a uh, on the 3DS when it was re-released there, the developers Grezzo were like, we have specifically like made sure the bugs still work so that speedrunners can run this version of the game. That's fair. I was like, that's really cool. Like, You need to do shit like that. At the same time as well, if you're going to not do that, you need to do like the developers of Doom do, mm. uh, where there's a, a great series where it is, I think it's IGN or another gaming channel. Oh, is this where they get developers to watch speedruns of the game? Yes. And there's a great one for Doom Eternal, mm. where the guys are watching it. It's like, oh, we spent like five years making this game, and there's a speedrunner finishing it in 40 minutes. And they talk, and they're watching a bit where the guy just glitches out of the map mm-hmm. and just walks across. And like, oh, well, what we're going to do next time is we're going to put a, um, a, 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 a thing up there so if you cross over that boundary he just plays an unskippable 50 minute cutscene <laughs> and I'm just like I, you know they're saying it as a joke but I kind of wish they'd do that Yeah. because like I made the mistake you scroll down to the comments and you see all the salty people who like speed running is my life and my personality of giving course. them shit for it of not understanding what a speed run is like well they don't because they made the game mm-hmm. oh man oh. if they want to Patch it out, fair enough, that is their prerogative. Like, you can't attack them for trying to fix their game. Also, as well, it would be kind of, like, disheartening of putting all that effort into something that people finish in, like, 10 minutes. Exactly, yeah. And um, I remember the day, or the day after, um, Prey came out. Like, Prey, the recent one, not the original. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, yeah, uh, someone's finished it in 20 minutes. <laughs> What's it's like the day that? after the game came out or something, a video on YouTube of, like... Yeah, someone beat Prey in 20 minutes. It's like um, Smash Bros. Brawl, where um, Sakurai has said the only, like, subspace emissary is it with all like, the unique cutscenes and it's like yep. what, 20, 30 hours of gameplay in there. And he said, we worked our fingers to the bone making this incredible experience for um, people playing the game. Mm-hmm. And we looked and the next day, it's like all t- the entire thing is on YouTube. Yeah, it was like just Super Smash Bros. Brawl, all cutscenes. There we go, done. So for that reason, he's like, well, why would we ever put that much effort into it again? So that is something that has actively damaged the Smash Bros. series because that I've not played it because I, like many people, just watched the cutscenes because I didn't have Brawl. Exactly, yeah. But I've heard it was incredible, an experience to have, and unfortunately, um, I did not have a In terms of the cutscenes, I would agree. In terms of the actual gameplay itself, it was middling. But would you have not wanted to see more cutscenes like that? another uh, story and he said we're never going to put another story in a smash bros game because people mm-hmm. can watch it on youtube it's like, yeah. damn and i guess one last thing is about like you no know, just um just talking about video games is i forgot that when i we talked about um uh, cyberpunk on twitter just about like you know all the the battle last and my friends review that yeah. i post i posted it on twitter it's like oh this is a really succinct and uh, summation of all the problems with the game from someone who's played it I got a response from a guy that reads as follows. I hear people say it's good on those consoles. Mostly bad, but a few people saying it runs fine. I wouldn't know, though. I don't own it. (laughs) Lucas, discuss. Just... I don't don't know what to say other than wait until you've fucking played it then. 
Like, I've never seen someone use so many words to say fucking nothing. Yeah. And like, I just uh, retweeted that with just the the um, uh, just title. I'm not sort of title. The, the, I forgot what. I don't know. I guess like just the commentary of um, Twitter um, inter a uh, Twitter discussion of video games in a nutshell. <laughs> of, it might be good. It might be bad. I don't know, but I'm still going to comment on it because I feel like I'm entitled to do that. Yeah, and, and you it's can just all those people that when a few websites like um, GameSpot and stuff gave Cyberpunk middling reviews. Is like holy shit! You don't know what you're fucking talking about. Let's go attack these reviewers yeah. and these websites. The games now, yeah, you have not played it. Yeah, and admittedly, me and Lucas have not played the game, but we have talked to people who have played it. So this guy, we don't want this guy to. We talked to play it, but at the same time as well, we have also, uh, I guess, like collated our feelings and our discussion of it has been more based around like stuff related to the game's production, which we do know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to this guy who's literally just said, some say it's good, some say it's bad. I don't know. I have no feelings one way or the other. Yeah. Um, I am a resident of the neutral planet. It's like, the last <laughs> thing is, yeah, we've been slating the game a bit, but we've seen actual people, you know, saying these are the problems they've had. Yeah. And a lot of them have had video evidence We're providing of what's going fucking wrong in my game. We're providing context for our opinions. And it's just... Yeah, it goes hand in hand with um, something a friend of ours, Charlie, has said on multiple occasions that has always stuck with me and becomes mm. truer by the day. Where it is um, games discussion, uh, games journalism, and content creation mm. is probably one of the worst career choices there is because you are forced to interact with and pay attention to fucking idiots. Yeah, it is the only career choice where you actually have to. Um, listen to the opinions of people who don't know what they're fucking talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you alluded to just then, like games reviewers um, giving the game middling scores, getting yeah. shit talked by people who hadn't played the game yet. And it's just awful that it's pretty much just part of that job. Yeah, it's part and parcel of the job. Like um, the story you told me of the lady who played the entire game, she had like yeah. 50 hours playtime. And you know, mm-hmm. when I say that she's a lady, Immediately, you know she got shit for it from weird guys. Yep. Um, in the review, mentions the fact she didn't play one side quest or something like that. Yeah, so there was some some like side quest or some extra feature that it was like, look, I didn't really uh, deal with this part of the game. I uh, wasn't interested. Yeah, I didn't see it as being important to like, know the experience that I was having with the game, but I, yep. that I'm going to note that now for context so people know where this review is coming from in terms of my experience with the game. Uh, exactly, that yeah. got diluted um, via like the Twitterverse and social media into she did not play the game and criticise it. It's like she did. In fact, in actual fact, she's played it in infinite more time than anybody shitting on her as because yeah. they haven't had access to the game yet. She did. And then over the last week, um, I've seen the like them on Twitter going, oh, look, people are starting to agree with me. Oh, look, here's Thread saying maybe she wasn't wrong about the game. When they've got their hands on it and been mm. able to experience it first. Almost like a person with their hands on it, reviewing it, has an insight that you as a person who does not have that has. <laughs> yeah. And just, yeah, like like a friend always says, you are forced to not only interact with, but act as if the opinions of fucking morons matters. 
And even if you don't have to act like their opinion matters, you have to take shit from them. Yeah. And you have to, like, and you can't um, respond to it in anything yeah. other than, like, you know, it's that generic um, corporate way of thank you for your feedback. Especially if you are writing for a bigger website, it's really hard to be able to, uh, you know, you can't just attack them back and be like, no, fuck you. I played the game. Also, I genuinely thought you were going to say, especially if you're a woman then. Uh, I, well, I, I really thought you were going to say, I thought that's so fucking true. No, but it does make things a lot worse when you're a woman. Like, it's not hard to see that women in gaming get a lot more shit regardless of what they are saying or doing. Like, even when... I, I'm hoping like what the thirty minute discussion we had about how broken this game is mm-hmm. and how like poor the response has been to it because like almost everyone now agrees with them except for weird in- internet guys yeah. whose entire personality is cyberpunk being good. Mm-hmm. It's like oh man, but I, that certainly just sticks with me because I have to deal with that on like a, a near day to day basis being a content creator. <laughs> of I have to listen to and pretend as if. Um, feedback from people who have no fucking clue about how my job works or the mm. things I do on a day-to-day basis. Oh, and I have to pretend as if their feedback and um, uh, stuff matters. Yeah, we were like... We both actually tweeted about this today of like when people in stream are like, why the fuck aren't you paying attention to me? And it's like, because I'm playing a fucking video game at the same time. Yeah, you have... We can talk about that. You know what? We can use that as other things. We we stream a lot now. We stream together. We stream we do, separately. And yeah. uh, that is a a, a baffling uh, thing we've experienced. And I think it goes hand in hand with that the idea that uh, part of being a content creator and being visible on the internet as a whole means you have to just constantly interact with people who just do not seem to have an understanding of the most basic elements of how the thing you're doing works, but still feel entitled to comment upon it. Uh, so in regards to streaming, uh, I think we're fairly generic in the way that we stream. Like, There's nothing too different about our stream setups and specifically the layout of our stream. Yeah, there's not too much different. Like, I think I have a couple of extra things on screen. But we have um, gameplay. Generally speaking, it's focused on just gameplay on a, a video, a small webcam of us. Yeah, so the important piece of information in that sentence is we have a webcam of our own face, juxtaposed next to gameplay of the game we are currently playing. Mm-hmm. And despite having access to these two things, like which would probably which gives you the most amount of information you need yes. in regards to what is happening right now, on I'd say, not a daily basis, we don't stream every day, but every single stream I've ever done, with rare exceptions, somebody will come in and say, What's going on in here? Despite the fact they have literal video evidence giving them all the information they could possibly <laughs> need to answer that question. They yeah. have, not only do they have direct video footage of the game being played and my face, so you have my reaction to the game and whether or not mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it and what I'm doing. You also have below that a description of the stream itself, which includes information about the game and what is being done. <laughs> Inclu- and on top of that, you even have how long the stream has been on. Yep. So you have the information of, like, you can see the game being played. You can see, you know, me or Carl uh, and where we're looking and what we're saying. You can see the title of the stream, the description of the the game we're playing because you're required to categorize your stream. You and how long we've been playing. Are people still like, but what's going on? Yeah. 
every time. And then the other one that we get, and this is perhaps the most baffling. This is the one you um, uh, tweeted about today, mm. which is we are, like you people coming into a stream. They can see from the stream that they are watching video games are happening. The person, me or you, or whoever they happen to be watching, you can see from the camera, they are looking at a screen. So in some <laughs> cases, you can see they're holding a controller. Yeah. Uh, but you, but you, even without knowing that, you can infer from the fact stuff is happening on the screen that they are currently looking at the video game. Yeah. Without fail. But the video game is probably moving where they are playing it. Yeah. And without fail, once or twice per stream, I will have someone come in, send a message. It does not get responded to. Usually it's about 20, 30 seconds. Not even mm. that. And they will follow that up by saying, do they even look at the stream or the chat? <laughs> like, look at the chat, yeah. And it's like, you or have... have they seen my message? It's like, you have, again, all the information you need to get the answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just... What do you actually... Like, what more information could I give you to answer this question for you? You have everything you need to know the answer to what you've just asked. Just like, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I just... I don't get it. <laughs> it's so... It's, I, it's, I'm so baffled every time it happens of like, oh, well, did they not look at my message? You sent it 15 seconds ago and I'm busy dunking on Carl in Smash Bros. And that's what I think is really difficult to get across, like how surreal this experience is. Because the first couple of times it happens, I was like, uh, sure, whatever, in my head. But yeah. now it actively annoys me just because like, I've gone back and watched, like, um, or, like when you, I uh, like, edit in my streams and stuff like that, so I upload them anywhere. I'll just, even just like watching yours, like, mm -hmm. uh, like for support or something in the background. Yeah. And just, you can so obviously tell when you are reading chat and when you are not. Well, last thing is, I have. Um the webcam on the screen where the game is and another monitor to the side where the chat is and where I can read. Which is generally so that how means most people stream. When I look to the right and I'm not looking at the webcam, I'm reading the chat. <laughs> it's just that thing though of you have all the information required. Yeah. Like you can see my face, you can see the game, you can tell when I am looking at the game or concentrate on the game because the game is being played. <laughs> but people will come in and still be like, do they look at chats? Like they do, but chat is not in their peripheral right now because they are playing the game. And then the other uh, thing I tweeted about in that tweet was just, or I didn't find your question or comment interesting stop like repeating yourself and that's one that's happened to me a couple of times as well of um uh, just someone will ask a question and it'll be one that i've answered times before it's just like i just can't be asked answering this and mm -hmm. my hope will be um, if i read every question around it and then ignore yours and then you ask it yep. again if i if i look at the you know five comments that i haven't read yet in chat answer all but yours you will just take the hint no, and I, Lucas, has anyone ever taken the hint when you've done that? <laughs> ever? Like, honest question. No. Because I've done that, I'd want to say, like, multiple, like, at least three, four dozen times. I've had that yeah. of someone just ask, and usually it's, like, it's a really boring fucking question, like, what's your favourite band? And it's like, I just can't be asked. Like, such a boring question to be asked. There's, like, nothing 
can be gained by answering these questions. It's like, I'm just mm. going to ignore it and hope that they ask something else. Yeah. And then it'll just be every five to ten minutes for the hour or so they are in chat. What's your favourite band? <laughs> what, what's your favourite band? I've even had ones where they've sent another question, I've answered that, and then in response they've put, and what's your favourite band? <laughs> and it's like, how are you not getting this? <laughs> Uh, and again, I go back to the really great quote of my friend. It is the only career where you are forced to pay attention to idiots. Yeah. And act as it. Because, like, the people that do that are the ones who get the angriest when they're not listened to. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I'm know. not saying that all people who watch this content are idiots. Like, everyone listens to this. Like, you're very smart. You've probably got a very big penis. <laughs> I just mean that very small subset, but they are the vocal minority and the, the, the operative word in that is vocal. Yeah, and I think um, it says it all just saying the vocal minority because I've noticed over streaming the say I've got 10 people in chat, 30 people in chat, you know, however many people it is, there's normally like two, three, four people chatting for the most part. Mm. Like you'll see the same people chatting. And it's like, most people want to watch the content, and that's it. Yeah, they just want some background noise. They're just, they're just happy to press the button and just watch. All and listen. those people are fucking legends, but it's just... <laughs> the other one, uh, and this fucking slays me, because this, this doesn't happen as often, but when it does, it really does. Just like, it's one of those things I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, someone comes in to chat, and they'll be obnoxious yeah. in some way, uh, whether it's um, just being abrasive to someone else in chat or like the one that it usually is spamming. Yeah. It's, not, it's yeah. normally spam. Of, um, I'm sure you've experienced it of the person who responds in chat to every single thing you say or do. Yeah. To the point where you glance over at chat and see that all it is is them commenting. Yeah. And I've had on many, many occasions... Uh, right, mute, time out. And I'll even, usually when I do that, I'll say to camera, look, mate, don't spam. It makes the chat just not great because if someone comes in new and they see that the only person who's talking is you and you're monopolizing everything going on, that's not a welcoming environment. Please don't do that. Yeah, and I will say, um, I don't mind it too much when I was starting out or when I've got quiet streams where, look, there's only a few people watching Yeah, and there's one guy chatting. It's like, yeah, yeah, cool, like, you're trying to keep the chat alive. I see what you're doing. Like when there's 60 people watching, 100 people watching, and you've got 10 people trying to have a chat and you've got this one person just spamming. It's like, stop it. Stop, please. And it'll be timed out. They'll get timed out. They'll come back in, start doing it again. Mm -hmm. Timed out again. I'll say again, direct to camera. Look, Please stop doing that. You've been warned twice now. Don't spam the chat. You don't have to comment on everything that happens. Just relax. Yeah. Let's and then they'll come back, start spamming again. Gets banned from chat. You were warned. Thirty seconds later, you have an unban request, which is a feature <laughs> I fucking adore. Twitch, by the way, it's great that you tell give people who've been banned from my chat the ability to tell me to fuck off one last time. I love that. Yeah. Um, unban request. Why did I get banned? And I just look at it. I gave you warnings. I told you not to do it. And then you consistently did it. I just look at it and my eyes roll into the back of my head. And I'm like, (laughs) what 
do I do? And God bless my girlfriend who hears me bitch about this all the time. Is like, Carl, <laughs> do you even like streams? Like, I love streaming, but I also love complaining. <laughs> but like, how many times have you had that happen to you? Uh, not specifically the unban request, but I've had that happen quite a few times where people do not get the hint. And the worst part is you can implement a feature on your chat called mm-hmm. slow mode where you can say, oh, uh, someone can only post every... Like, they have a cooldown after they've posted, say, 5 seconds, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute. All the way up to, like, yeah, several minutes if you need. And there will be those people who come in and see they can't spam and then go, why the fuck have you got slow mode on? And it's because of people like you! Stop it! My best... uh, My fondest memory of that is uh, when on one of those rare streams where we announce it on the main channel. And for those, like, we get a couple hundred people in. Uh, mm-hmm. For the entire time we're streaming, and for those, like by necessity, you have to have slow mode on. Yeah, and I just recall I've got slow mode on. It's like you can only post a message every forty-five seconds or so because there's like mm-hmm. four or five hundred people in chat. Yeah, and some of them are just popping in to say hi, love the videos, and uh, for those people, I want to be able to, like see that and go, oh, cool, thanks. Exactly, uh, you don't want to um, like miss people's messages and ignore people on purpose. Yeah, and I just recall a guy coming in. Why have you got slow mode on? And I looked over at his comment, read it out loud, and said, you, I've got it on because of that. I saw your comment because slow mode is on. That is why it's on. And then after the 45 seconds was up, he responds. <laughs> something along the lines of, oh, but it stops, it completely ruins anyone's ability to chat. How am I supposed to chat if I can't respond in real time or something like that? And it's just, again, I have seen your response because slow mode is on. <laughs> Do you yeah. not see why it is on? Because otherwise, if you'd been able to just like, if everybody had been able to spam all of the time, then it would have just been a comment that got completely missed. It'd have been buried in 10 seconds. And then presumably yeah. you would have just posted the message again and then again and then again and then again, which just adds to the problem, mm-hmm. uh, which can be completely negated by something like slow mode. And something I'll do on those streams is I'll put slow mode on for like a minute for the first initial boost of people come in. And then it slowly yep. goes down as like, you know, it gets whittled down from a couple hundred people to like one, 200. And it's people yep. who've like been with the, they've been in the stream for a while and they've got like the feel for like when and where um, comments can be made and when they'll get read. Yeah. And I'll slow it down. So it's like, oh, I'll turn slow mode off now because now we've got a yeah, chat. Yeah, generally um, over the course of the evening, it, it becomes possible to go from like, yeah, 30 seconds delay on chat to 10 seconds down to five and then just turn it off. Because by that point, people have learned and they don't just immediately come in and just go, hi, 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 because they can see they have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that just reminds me, you know what? If we're going to, this is going to be what the final podcast of the year, we need, uh, we need to end it doing what we always do. And that is just reading out hilarious um, hot takes from my Twitter. Okay, uh, well, one... Uh, just one second, I wanted to mention just. Yeah. Speaking of Twitter... Oh, it's, it's about Twitter and it's about Twitch. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just wanted to mention, trending right now is Winnie the Pooh. Oh, because of the uh, thing we just mentioned. Because of the Xi Jinping, yeah. Xi Jinping. Do you know what? That's, <laughs> that's great. That is the Streisand effect in action right there, folks. If you don't know <laughs> what the Streisand effect is, uh, it is a name given to an internet phenomenon when someone tries to suppress a piece of information but does it so heavy-handed um, that their response to it ends up gaining more attention than the initial thing they tried to suppress ever would. And it was started mm-hmm. by Barbara Streisand when 
I believe it was a coastal, um, what's the word for it now? Um, cataloging thing, I think it was, where they just like take pictures of the coast to measure coastal erosion. Oh, okay. So they were just going along the coast in a helicopter or like a little plane, took pictures mm. all along the coast for like some government agency that no one gives a shit about. Yeah. And in one of those photos, you could see Barbara Streisand's house. <laughs> like her mansion that was on the coast. And yeah. her lawyer sent a, a DMCA claim or a cease and desist to that um, uh, random government agency who were baffled at why they gave a shit because I believe the figure is at the time that photo had been accessed 14 times or some ridiculous <laughs> figure, several of which were from Barbara Streisand's own lawyers. Oh my God. So it'd probably been accessed by, in total, up to that point, five different people. Yeah. Including the person who took the photo. After <laughs> that story broke, it broke the website with the like the hundreds of thousands of people who went to go see it. <laughs> and now her name is now attached to that phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So it's like thinking like, yeah, if GOG would have just shut the fuck up yeah, and just let the game go on, it'd have been fine. But now, or like China would have just like not bitched. But yeah. And now, yeah. That way more people are A, aware of the game and B, aware of the Winnie the Pooh joke yeah. than they probably ever would have been if the game just released on GOG. Like you have given more attention to that thing by trying to stop people from seeing it. And it happens so often. I can't believe that companies, individuals and celebrities and stuff still try and do this. Yeah, and that's the weird thing is both me and you said uh, like in that discussion, we not, we really not heard of that, this game before. I'm familiar with it now. I am, yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing everybody who's like, like clicking that hashtag, like, why is that trending? Well, the game devotion is trending as well. There we go. <laughs> so they've literally let it trend on Twitter by trying to shut them down. And it's, it's always funny when that happens. And speaking of stuff, that's always funny when it happens. Um, a trend, Lucas, you've probably had on your Twitch, mm-hmm. is that you have rules, yes? Yeah, I, I base, my, basically... My rules are, uh, don't be a dickhead, and please don't come in and complain that you've been pumped by Carl. Yeah, or recently it was don't talk about cyberpunk, we've uh, got nothing to say about it. Yeah, or... then then we added contextual ones where it's like, please stop spamming us with this one thing. Yeah, because we don't want the, like, we like streaming, but something that's going to make us like it a lot less is answering the same question for five hours straight. No one yep. wants to do that. And, exactly. Uh, on mine, uh, my... Two rules, and again, I have like a two hard rules that have been in place pretty much for like, like six, seven months now. Is rule one: don't make requests or suggestions. And that was initially my only rule up until people started saying, "Why can't we ask? Why can't we make requests and suggestions?" Yeah, uh, and that was e- equally as annoying, if not more so, than the initial dealing with of requests and suggestions, <laughs> because now I'm still I'm still having to answer the same question over and over and over again. So I put a new rule in place, which was don't ask about rule number one. And without fail, every time I stream, I'll get someone coming in, being a smart ass and saying, what about, uh, can I ask about rule number two? Yeah, because and every time we stream, at least once, I hear you just saying to them, look, you're not being funny by asking about rule number fucking two. Stop it now. And then I will invariably get an unbanned request of, well, rule number two, asking about rule number two is not technically against the rules. It's not, but you know what you're doing. Exactly. Uh, Good luck rules lawyering somewhere else, but I'm not really in the mood to argue about that. And uh, I got, I think we were just like just discussing 
Uh, I think I mentioned, like, don't ask about cyberpunk or something like that in mm-hmm. a tweet announcing one of our streams. And a guy tweeted at me saying, and I quote, I didn't read the rules because I didn't think saying that you should play as Ganondorf would get me banned. He could just say no or give a warning. He seems very different on his, uh, on his streams than he does in his videos. Very negative. Uh, mm-hmm. Lucas, any thoughts on that uh, particular tweet? Right um, well, the, the, the thought I have is, okay, you know what? If like you came into a chat with no rules and just went, oh, hey, could you play as this character? That's fine. But you ignored the rule. One of which of, is, don't make requests or suggestions. Don't make requests or suggestions. And then went, but I thought it would be okay to make a suggestion. And I think the rule explicitly says, do not make requests or suggestions, or you will be banned. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it does, because I've clicked on your chat to mod sometimes. And to uh, type anything in chat, you have to agree that you've seen that. You have to, It comes up every single time, even for me. So even for yeah. me, who runs the stream, I have to click OK on that warning. Uh, so I'm not even like, uh, I, Twitch is not above telling the people who set the rules what the rules are to remind mm-hmm. them, which is quite nice. It's nice to like, get reminded what they are. But uh, yeah, and this guy's argument is, I didn't read the rules. I broke the rules, which say I'll be banned for breaking the rules. Got banned. This isn't fair. Why didn't I get a warning? To which my only response was that I just sat there looking at that and just showed it to my girlfriend. She went, but you did give them a warning. The warning is the chat rules which tell you do not do this thing or you will get banned. And then they go, okay, you have to click an okay button to get past that warning. So they have to acknowledge it. And then they go, but I wasn't warned. Yeah. And my, um, and the probably people are like, that's a little bit harsh. And maybe it is, but like, that's the, the thing, the way I found to make my that's your way of dealing with things because and it's your stream is your own prerogative to do what you want with your stream like the alternative was lucas do you remember before i implemented these rules do you remember every time we play smash bros how many times per evening i would have to explain what that i don't do requests or suggestions <laughs> to the point where you yourself commented on it and i would hear my girlfriend laughing from the other room because i yeah. said it so much verbatim like she could quote my response verbatim <laughs> yeah just always like look mate we don't do requests or suggestions please leave it alone and then it was me explaining why i don't do requests or suggestions or why they can't ask about it and it's like it's just easier to not have to deal with this i don't want to spend a good 20 minutes of each evening doing this but yeah (laughs) my favorite response to that was because you always get the hot takes when you do something like this but why didn't you give the guy a warning it's like but he got one and ignored it what (laughs) Uh, there's there's one interaction I've had with this person. It is them ignoring a warning. What um, chance or like what incentive do I have to believe, or what reason do I have to believe that they're going to ignore a second warning? Well, last thing is, um, they ignored your rules set on your chat and clicked OK and ignored the rules and whatever. So the one thing you have to go off this person is. They ignored the simple thing I asked them not to do. So what makes you think they're going to pay attention to the next time you ask them to do something? Yeah. And like that guy does have a point. Oh, I seem a lot more negative than I do in my videos. I like those edited videos. And I'm on in those videos. Like on as in like my personality is a heightened version of myself. Also well, that also you're only talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. 
not strangers on the internet. And of course, I'm going to be yeah. slightly more guarded with people on the internet, mm-hmm. which is why I have these rules in place. And there's yeah. also sort of the unspoken rules, like uh, don't ask about my personal life and things like that, which I didn't think I'd need to write down. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you've experienced this, because obviously you're... Um, so you didn't mention it at the start of the podcast, but like one of your, your goals for this year that I was aware of, just from knowing you personally, is you wanted to like be streaming and um, working online to just be something yeah. that you can like throw yourself behind uh, more. And now you're doing 100. percent Yeah. So that's that's good for you. But have you encountered anybody trying to pry into your private life yet? Um. See, the thing is, like, not too badly. Because that, like, that's the thing. I, you make videos uh, with Jenna, don't you? Yeah, like I've made videos and done streams with Jenna. So mm-hmm. like sometimes I'll get people asking, like, oh, you know, how is Jenna doing? Uh, which is fine. You know, that's that's acceptable. That level of interaction is fine. How is I don't see person? a problem with being like, oh, how is your girlfriend? Like when I when she's appeared on content, that's an okay question. Yeah. Um, I would say it's probably something to leave if they have never appeared on content because that... <laughs> is an indication they don't want to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I've had ones like that, or I've shown off Cade as well, and my puppy Cade. People have asked, oh, how's the puppy doing? Again, fine. But I've not really encountered anything past that level because I have a bit of a smaller audience, obviously, than, like, the Fat Fiend audience, like, notably smaller, not a bit smaller. Oh yeah, but like um, in, in time, I'm just wondering when, like, eventually, because this appears to be um, true of all um, personalities on the internet, where at some point you will get a fan um, that oversteps a boundary because yeah. like, parasocial relationships we've um, talked about, just uh, we've talked to death about. I'm just wondering if you've we experienced have. that yet in your uh, recollection of this no, year. Uh, just people generally trying to be friendly is what I... And I've obviously encountered the people that just come in and straight up insult you and shit. And that's just an easy fuck off. Yeah, it's very easy. That's like, if someone comes in and like, I encountered, um, I had to like hide someone from a YouTube channel because they just commented like on one of the episodes. Like, oh yeah, what mongs? And I was like, nope, ban. <laughs> but Lucas, why did you ban them? And it's like, okay, so yeah, I've had shit like that, but I haven't had um, people trying to delve into my personal life too much. Oh, okay. That's. Well, uh, I know. I know. Uh, that's something that you can't say because obviously you've got a, a much bigger following, and just generally, the odds are that more people you have aware of you, the more likely that is to happen. Oh yeah, I was just curious. Is it, is it a thing that started to happen yet? And it's weird. Not yet, no. And a little bit, um, just on the downer side of just that's something that's going to happen. It's not. That's it. something I am aware is going to happen just from speaking to you and working with you that it's um it's inevitably going to happen that someone will, somewhere yeah. is going to overstep boundaries or think that the relationship they have with you which is entirely one-sided and superficial is more than it is yeah and a little glimpse into that that i got um is uh, some t-shirts there's a friend of mine that make t-shirts and we had a video oh, yeah. go up that was initially going to be sponsored but now it's not sponsored Yes, uh, I watched that one yesterday. So the, so the story behind that is, I guess, for anyone who's watched the channel this week, but it's the video, um, the, the Silent Hill one, where it's um, a company paid to remaster a video game, didn't remaster it at all. Yeah. Uh, it was initially sponsored by an unnamed party, because um, I don't even want to give them any negative press. Because as we all know, all publicity is good publicity. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I had a 
but there was a working print of that video with their sponsorship in place but they sent me this really long laundry list of complaints which i was initially happy to deal with like okay this is your product that mm-hmm. you want advertising you obviously want it to everything i'm saying to be correct yeah yeah of course yeah and but there were some parts like i made obvious jokes that they were like well this isn't true and it's a joke but maybe that's just getting like lost in the source maybe there's like a, a language barrier here but then um they sent a message to a previous sponsor on the channel not even a sponsor just a friend who sent me a free t-shirt and a tenner right yeah yeah to like wear their t-shirt in a video and say look go check out my friend's stuff and they sent them a private message asking them oh so can you reveal any of your um finances or like how big was the plug for you in terms of like engagement and stuff and they were initially happy to respond to that but the person kept asking for more and more specific details to the point where my friend became uncomfortable Um, yeah the operative part of that sentence is my friend became uncomfortable. And that's all that was needed for me to know that this is not a business relationship I want to continue because I don't want to work with someone who would do that to a friend or a stranger. I just don't want to work with someone who's like got that kind of energy. Exactly. You don't want to um, be seen working with a person that is outwardly making people uncomfortable. Yeah. And I it's, and, one, and we took that sponsorship out of the video and instead I plugged my friend's t-shirt. And I told, like, a variation of this story with, like, you know, the same level of care being taken to not name any names or tell people who that person was. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, that friend is now, um, they got a random message. Or, like, the rest of the, they, I think they left a comment that I pinned saying, oh, yeah, I'm the person who does it. You'll check out my stuff I'm doing. And people were asking them, can you tell us any more about this? It's like, no. Oh, it's really? Pri- it's private. And then you had the rules lawyer style people I mentioned like on Twitch. Like, well, it's not technically against the rules of them saying, look, it's nobody's business who this is. It's like, well, technically, by mentioning it, you're making it people's business because you're putting it out publicly. So you should feel, you should really tell us what it is. And it's like, just accept that this is not for you to know. I genuinely watched that video um, and thought to myself, like, you know what, Carl's done a very good job of explaining, A, like, why this has been a revoked sponsorship, why you don't want to talk about who they are, and any more, you know, detail of what happened. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think Carl's done a good job there, and he's made that very clear to people what went down. And as and well. Apparently not. Yeah. Apparently just, not enough. It's just that thing of it's none of your business. And then people try to rules lawyer their way around it. Of like the well, technically. It's like just accept that this is not information that is for you. It's like um how mm. many times have you had? So I know I get this a lot of um we've got a backlog of content now. All of yeah. us have got backlog of content because Christmas is coming up. Um how many times have you had someone ask why videos in playlists are private? Yeah, it happens like at least once a week. Of, um, and I can explain. see that your playlist has this many videos in it, but only uh, half the amount of public, the rest are private. And maybe people don't know why that'd be the case. You just want to like, give a quick rundown of why you might have playlists that have private videos in them. Yeah, so when I uh, go onto my like YouTube studio to upload videos and make that backlog of content already, you know, ready to go and scheduled on uh, YouTube just it will go live on this date at this time and it will be you know with these tags uh, in these playlists etc etc 
for whatever reason, while the video is private in a playlist, it will still show up on a playlist. But people can't watch it. But people can't can't access the video. But for some reason, YouTube thinks it's a good idea for private videos to show up in playlists. And I don't get the logic behind that. Neither do I. But um, the word private kind of just suggests um, there's something happening or there's something going on there that is no one's business but the person who's taking the content down or yeah. hasn't made the content publicly viewable yet. And I just said, uh, at least once a week, me and you both get a message from someone asking, why is this video private? To which my response is always just to highlight the word private in <laughs> their comment and send it back to them. Yeah. And I've had people get mad that I've done that. There's no need to be a dick about it because it's none of your fucking business. <laughs> oh, God. it's That's the thing is, it doesn't need to... <laughs> make any sense to you you don't need to know because the word private is right private there. means it's private i don't understand how people can't grasp that concept of it is marked at private that means whatever reason for it not being up yet that is a private reason well, it's like um something happened uh, speaking of sponsored videos a couple of weeks ago we had the wall sponsorship which was mm. recorded a while ago but only went up quite recently and behind the scenes, that video um, was set to go up a lot earlier than it ended up doing because yeah. the guy who did the sponsorship, a nice man called John, who owns a, a business that sells wool from various animals, woolchambers.com, go check it out. He's not yeah. paying for this. He's just a nice dude. Um, he's Behind the scenes, his wife was heavily pregnant. Yeah. And he kept pushing the video back, pushing the video back because he had you no know, stuff going on in his life. And I think the video ended up accidentally going up for about 20 minutes and then we had to take it down, replace it with another video. And then I yep. got a bunch of messages. Why did this video get taken down? To which I responded, well, it's none of your business. Because mm-hmm. I'm talking about it now. Like John's wife was heavily pregnant because he himself publicly put that out after the video went live. Yeah. But at the time, like, this is some guy's personal life. I'm not mm-hmm. going to put his personal life out there. And then um, it turns out that the video itself, and the reason it got taken down that day is because his wife had given birth that day. Mm-hmm. the day that um, we'd originally agreed upon, he sent us a, a message on the last minute going, oh, my wife gave birth prematurely today. Yeah, I like, she... we can't be running the store at the moment. Can you, I... can you like, private it? Yeah, I thought we'd have two weeks, but she's given birth prematurely. Um, mm-hmm. It was a difficult birth. The baby's fine, but it was a difficult birth, and his wife was left um, bedridden mm-hmm. for a couple of days. And it's like, look, I've got to look after a newborn baby and my wife, I can't run the store, so I'll take that down. And when the video went live, um, like a couple of weeks later, after everything had been sorted out on his end, he put mm-hmm. up um, just a comment, just explaining the situation. And I like publicly put out, yeah, the reason this video was late is like, you know, there's a, a birth in the family. It was a bit difficult. I didn't want to talk about it. And then just, I distinctly recall getting feedback of, look, if you'd have just told us that, people would have understood. It's like, well, it's none of your fucking business. And the <laughs> it thing wasn't is, my place to say. As you said, yeah, it's... Um... They've said now, so it's it's okay. They've said it publicly. We can reiterate that. But yeah, it's not a fucking place to say. And the amount of people who are asking, well, if you'd just said that at the time, I'd have been a lot less annoyed that the video got taken down initially because there were people who clicked the video and then off saw it in their timelines or whatever, clicked it and then didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that, like, you know, that's a, an annoying thing to happen to you. 
Do you know what? I guess it's not as annoying as, though. Um, Realising you now have to care for a newborn baby and your injured wife while simultaneously running an online business store. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing that's a little bit more stressful than clicking a video and <laughs> yeah. seeing the video's no longer there. Going, oh, no, it's not there anymore. <clears throat> so I'd advise people who... D- perhaps... I guess I'll click back onto the YouTube homepage and see the infinite amount of content that's there. Or even just the other video of the exact same quality uploaded in its stead. Uh, yeah, because the moment... Like that, that video got privated. We put another one. We up in put place. another one out anyway. But yeah, I got a good 15, 20 people giving me shit over that, which I ignored or told it, the reasons for doing it are private, none mm-hmm. of your business. Like I got a few DMs about it after the video went live and that was announced. They got they sent like sheepish follow up messages of oh if you just told me that at the time I wouldn't have been so mad. It's like it's none of your fucking business. Nope. It wasn't my place to say, so I didn't. Yeah. God, it's ridiculous. It's crazy, isn't it? I just can't go. It's a strange one. It's a strange thing to have to deal with, and it's um, just like probably one of the more baffling things this year. Uh, Because we've spent more time just interacting with our audience, I suppose, because it's just we're trying both trying to grow an online following now. Yeah, and we've both been streaming more often and stuff, so obviously that's something where you interact with people on a more real-time basis. Mm, And I probably do complain about it a lot, but it's because there's not much else happening in the world or our lives right now, so it's the most notable thing that happens to me, as sad as it might sound for a lot of the time, or a lot of the the weeks leading up to a recording, are just bizarre interactions I have with people on Twitter or Twitch because um, they evidently... Um, from all the podcasts we've made discussing them lead at the very least to interesting conversations about the wider implications of dealing with that sort of thing. Yeah, and that's the thing is, what are we doing outside like, work and streaming and being on social media right now? It's like probably just sitting on a sofa and like watching TV or playing a game. Yeah, and the alternative will be talk about video games that I've played, but I do enough of that when we're playing video games on our private yeah. channels or our personal channels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to like clarify that because um, like a lot of the content for like the podcast for the last six months has been primarily me, admittedly, talking about stuff that happened on Twitter. And it's because that is the most notable thing that happens to me in a week because I'm trying to be safe and stay inside. Speaking of which, I guess before we end, because we're going to miss next week's podcast, aren't we? Because Christmas. Yes, yeah. No podcast next week. And um, presumably we're going to do one after for that before the new year. We can maybe do like a a slightly better re- recap of the year. Because we didn't really recap the year that well, did we? I mean, we can, but uh, it's going to be happened. hard to record a podcast about a recap of 2020 and not just immediately just go into the shitter. Yeah, so cause we tried to do that at the start of this when I tried to like tease some info out. Like, oh, do you have any stuff you plan to do this year? Um, any things you did and then it just completely fell by the wayside so we could shit on Cyberpunk which I'm happy about yeah but it's uh, it's just a weird thing of well I, I guess like nothing happened in 2020 other than the world being a worse place and it, it got slightly but, better towards the end of the year but maybe then instead for the next one we do for we just right in the lead up to uh, right before the new new year we can do a discussion of what we want to do the following year let's try let's make it hopeful Let's make, Let's it, make go- it hopeful, okay. We'll make it hopeful, we'll go for, and if not, we'll drink, because we're having time off, because this is the last thing I'm recording. God um, damn it, Carl, we're doing both regardless. Like, 
I'm having a drink on my next podcast fucking regardless. Because it'll be my time off. Yes, we're all going to enjoy our time off. And we're very, very far ahead on everything. We've got fact fiend content till February. Mm-hmm. I've got personal channel stuff till midway through January. Yeah. I've got like um, five to six hours worth of video content to edit after Christmas. Like, I'm, We're doing good. Yeah, we are. But we're doing our best. But have you got anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I will just do the usual. And you can check me out on my gaming side of just Legend of Kanto on YouTube and on Twitch. And yeah, just playing games and streaming and apparently ignoring people in chat and letting them get salty about it. I can't believe you do that. I I just want to see it from someone else's perspective. Like, not their perspective. I want to be a fly on the shoulder. Like a fly on the wall, sorry. Of the person doing that. And I want to just see from their perspective. Like, them log in. They look at a screen. They see someone clearly engrossed in an activity. Which they know because they can look at the description of the stream. And it is, I am playing insert video game. They see video game playing. They see person looking at video game. They can mm. tell from the action happening on screen the person is engrossed in the video game. They're at least concentrating enough to play the video game. Yep. Type in a question, which they themselves have to look down at a keyboard to type. Yep. Take, therefore, taking their eyes off the action that's happening on screen <laughs> to type the message. Looking up, seeing the message appear on screen. Waiting a few seconds. Noticing that the eyes of the person they are watching have not moved from what they are doing. <laughs> looking and going, are they ignoring me? And go down. Fucking pricks ignoring me. Look down at their keyboard once again. Type another message asking if they look at chat at all. And then getting mad that there's no answer. Because <laughs> I reckon like if you made a scene like that for a, a show or like a, a skit. Mm. Like let's be real, that'd be a TikTok, not a TV show. Like, oh yeah, yeah. People would say you're exaggerating. And you're mm. not. Because it happens no. every single day. It's great. It's great. Oh. That's all I'm going to plug. You know what? I'm going to plug my new TikTok that I've not made. But maybe one day I will. <laughs> maybe that's what I'll do next year. I'll make a TikTok. I think that might be like the cold death of the universe when Carl has a TikTok. I was tempted. My girlfriend. Oh, really? Yeah, she was saying like TikTok's super big. It uh, is, yeah. You should make one and then just open beers with random objects. That would be a really good idea for a TikTok for. And I've tried to do it on my Instagram. But the thing is, uh, I realised that if I do that, I've cut down my drinking a lot and I've cut down my casual drinking, more importantly. So if yeah. I do that, that's basically... Uh, I just said to my girlfriend, so you're saying I can drink every day. It's like, don't make videos every day. Went, but you just told me to make a TikTok. If it's opening beers, I'm going to drink a beer every day. <laughs> but Carl, you know that you can record them in bulk, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It was a joke. I, but... I would just like to love that. Like, once a week, Carl does seven different bottle openings and you just see by, like, the Sunday TikTok video, call six beers in, just like, yeah! Yeah, but that was uh, one of the ideas I had for content, of, like, something stupid I could make. But then I thought it'd get really old real fast because people are going to just keep requesting um, stuff that is literally impossible to open a beer with, like, a single... I've had people... Because I think I did something like the Fact Fiend Live event. So like, oh, did bring... that of if you bring anything, Carl will open it, yeah. Yeah, and if I can't do it, I'll put a quid inside a charity box. And I had people come in and a guy handed me a single sheet of paper yeah. and went, do this. Like, obviously, I can't do it with this. Like, you know, sportsman the thing rules. Is, I will point out, you point you did say that as the ridiculous one. You folded the paper and opened it. I did, yes. 
Because but there were other things that were super just soft and inflexible. Like, or a guy gave me the bottle cap from his beer. And it's like, so yeah. you're giving me a sharp metal object that you want me to press into my hands and open a beer bottle with. And I did it and I like sliced apart my finger open and went, no. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the gentleman's rule of, yes, I can't open it with everything, but I can open it with silly objects. Just like, um, I think the way Adam put it was gentleman's rules. Of give yeah, me a sporting chance to do this. That's the thing. And basically, it just goes back to the, the, the quote-unquote rule we always say, don't be a dick. Uh, but I thought, I know that I'm going to do that, and all I'm going to get is people saying, open it with, and it's going to be in... I open it with a sponge. And it's like... Yeah. <sighs> open it with the wings of a butterfly. Yeah. And it's just that thing of, um, as well, I'm never going to top when I open it with a cricket ball. <laughs> uh, that is the best one I've ever done, and people don't believe I do that. And there is a video, I forget which video it was, but there's a Fact Fiend video where bad, uh, Brad passes me a cricket ball and I literally open a bottle of beer with a round object. <laughs> yeah, because there's I, like that little seam on the cricket ball, isn't there? That's the trick that no one... But yeah, I open a beer bottle with a ball. <laughs> and I'll never top it, so there's no point trying. But yeah, maybe they'll see that next year. Maybe, maybe. I'm Everyone, looking forward to uh, potentially seeing that in 2021. And I'll, I'll see what I can... I'll, it's one of those things I'm going to have to sit down and have a think, if I can be asked. That is always the thing, isn't it? Um, Put the feelers out and see what people want. Either way, let's hope for a better 2021. And I hope you, Carl, and I hope everyone else has a good Christmas. Yeah. Or if you're not celebrating Christmas, just just enjoy some time. uh, It's been a tumultuous year. Take some time for yourself. So even if you're not celebrating Christmas, I hope everyone listening to this at least takes a little bit of time for themselves. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Um, I I I completely agree with that sentiment. Hopefully just everybody has a nice December 25th. Hell fucking yeah.